This is the time for reason Be proud as any man You're ancient as the land you roam Keep worshipping the sun And no one has a hold on you Our freedom knows your name Welcome. You're listening to Heart of Mind Radio for the New Millennium. I'm Katherine Davis, and today we are going to think about space and time. Where do we actually exist? Thank you. 
You're listening to Heart of Mind Radio for the New Millennium. I'm Catherine Davis, and I've been paying attention to what's going on in the world, which is very interesting, I must say. Um, But I'm also thinking about understanding reality such as we understand it to be, But I also think in terms of how limiting that reality is. And I have some notes on dates and times and calendars and ages, all these things that come to us from different cultures. But my underlying thought with regard to all this is that we don't really know where we are in space and time. Just within the context of the earth realm, we don't really know what year it is. We don't really know what time it is. We don't really know what age it is. Because as cultures have turned over and powers have risen and fallen, everybody wants to institute their own program. And that pulls us out of out of a much deeper context in terms of our timing. So one of the things that I really um, like to look at 
for instance, just as a thought project, are, are some of these traditional, more traditional time systems. So it's said that we live in the fourth and most degenerate yuga, or Kali, the present age, which began in 3102 BCE and will last 432,000 years. At the close of the Kali Yuga, the world will be destroyed to be recreated after a period of quiescence as the cycle resumes again. So what's really interesting about these cyclical calendars is that they, in a manner of speaking, never really end. They take you through stages and then everything comes to an end and then it starts again. So I find that rather rather interesting. And so what is the yuga cycle? I mean, it's interesting to think about the different cycles of the yuga and you know we could we could look into it and say what the different ones are and what they mean but i'm not really um going to dig down into the particulars at this moment because it's a science unto itself to understand these calendars more um discreetly and then we have the Mayan and Aztec calendars. And I remember at one of the periods that they were talking about that the Mayan calendar predicted the end of an age in 202012 when a great cycle of its long count component came to an end. And there was a lot of propaganda about the end of the world, but that, that wasn't that end of the world thing is kind of a um, Western imposed idea in terms of the world ending because these calendars, the Mayan Aztec calendars, are also very cyclical and they operate according to a different kind of system. But what I always thought is really very interesting. Well, the way let's go a little bit more on the Mayan calendar. It's wheels working together. And it consists of three separate corresponding calendars. The long count, the Tzolkin, or the divine calendar, and the Ha'ab, the civil calendar. Each of them is cyclical meaning that a certain number of days must occur before a new cycle can begin. A lot like the, um, the yugas. But what I found most, I won't say most interesting, but quite interesting is that I know that um, the Western archaeological thinking process decided that 2012 was the end of an era based on their calculations. But who's to say that the calendar that we're using, in which 2012 existed, 
has any relevance whatsoever to the Mayan calendars, the Aztec calendars. Our calendars that we operate now started at an arbitrary time based on a person who came into existence out of which the a certain powers came into dominance and imposed that upon the world. You probably know who that person I'm speaking of is. But it's not the point, really. What I found really interesting is that the traditional Ethiopian calendar would tell us right now that it's actually 2016. And so I think that that's really interesting that it is these variations occur. So if according to the Ethiopian calendar, um, I may not be quite up to date with this information, but it looks like uh, in 2023 it was 2016, so I guess it's 2017 according to that calendar. And there are other calendars that are that have really really deep mysteries and how they're constructed and what their relevance are Gen- generally speaking it seems to me that these calendars are relevant to a particular civilization and so when we think about where we are in time we can only think of it in the context of the prevailing civilizational powers and they may not have any bearing on the true existence of humanity, the true existence of time, the true existence of where we are in time. So, you know, then we have, a, you know, the Jewish calendar has a different time frame as well. And and it goes on and on. So it just makes me wonder, how do we come into context with the fullness of our reality? And as if we didn't have these various civilizational calendars, there are astronomical bases for calendars. There are types of calendars, such as the solar, lunar lunar, solar, and sidereal calendar. So the sidereal calendars are are in civilizations such as the the ancient um, Dogon, Dagora people. And certain civilizations use an entirely different kind of calendar. And uh, some of the calendars in history have been Egypt, the megalith culture, Mesopotamia, ancient China, Republican Rome, the Julian calendar, the medieval Christian calendar, and the Gregorian calendar. And some of the calendars that are still operating are Gregorian, Hebrew, Islamic, Indian, Chinese, and certain civilizations in Africa and Egypt and Ethiopia, quiet as kept, have their own calendular systems. So if you're actually living in Ethiopia at this time, 
you can know what your calendar is according to your civilization and also be able to and have need to correlate your calendar system which to that which is more prevalent in the world and and i find that fascinating so even ethiopian calendar ethiopia is i believe the only country in the african continent as it's called that was never colonized so back in the day when you, the european powers were dividing up the continent and deciding which part they were going to conquer i think italy got was supposed to conquer ethiopia but they lost the ethiopians won so it was actually never colonized conquered which is interesting because the ethiopian country pre-colonization used to be the whole continent was considered ethiopia and if you look at old calendars from that day you'll see instead of the oceans that are now there you'll see the ethiopic sea you know so it was a very prominent part of the civilization pre the colonization of africa the americas are the same in in regard to colonization we had certain powers coming to the americas we had the french the british the dutch the spaniards all claiming various sections of the americas which is um two continents and dividing it all up and um in their competition we'll you know you'll see people from different indigenous groups aligning with whomever their colonizers colonizers may have been fighting each other things are lost but ultimately we have all these clashes of systems and civilizations and historical reference so i guess the point being that as peoples in the world right now though we're operating on a particular system a particular calendar a particular construct i find it very useful to recognize that that that's what it is it's not so much a holistic entirely true reality so when we look at our world and we see these constructs of calendars but that doesn't mean that the other systems are not still in motion that systems are that are far more vast say for instance the celestial calendars then or not even thinking of it as a calendar but how the celestial bodies move in a manner of speaking can be thought of as time how the um signs move through the system and the kind of impact that those things have on the world it doesn't matter so much 
that were operating according to a um, a particular Gregorian or Hebrew or Islamic or Chinese calendar, there's a greater system in place. So with all these interlocking systems in place, we have an opportunity to, to understand and look at our lives in different contexts and to be able to in a manner of speaking, take a step out of the matrixy like construct within which we're living. And in a manner of speaking, I guess you could think of all these uh, systems as being matrices of some kind. The question is which is based on a greater reality and which is based on a particular ruling power. So we can step out of that and begin to think of ourselves as being more suspended, not quite in space-time because we realize the space-time context we're living under is not real. It doesn't have a context based on um, the true measure of civilizations and it allows us to be more self-empowered. It allows us to decouple from that psychological construct that goes along with the particular calendular system. So if we're living in the Gregorian calendar, that's tied to the birth of an individual in the Middle East who apparently came or was said to have come to save the world. Okay, but that's a calendar that was imposed on time. How does that relate to some of the bigger constructs of time? And how do these narratives relate to pre-existent narratives and stories, and which we call myths. But we could equally say whatever it is that we're living by is also another myth, or it's just another construct. And it all might sound very confusing, but internally, as I step out of these calendular systems, temporarily, to me it feels like floating in space. So if you are floating in space, looking at the earth realm, and instead of like looking through, you know, the window of a spaceship and seeing a planetary body, we could look into a window and just see slots of civilization, slots of time, slots of occurrences that predated our current personal existence. And I think that they're overlaid over each other, but still, we're, if we think of ourselves as not being attached to these constructs, then the question becomes, what are we? Because our entire identity is 
based on whatever particular calendar or civilizational construct is active at the time of our breathing, at the time of our existent life within, you know, the stream of of life. So that puts us into a space, for me anyway, of floating. Floating in time. And we don't really know where we are. So I began to think of humanity overall as being lost, like the old sitcom, or maybe it wasn't a sitcom, maybe it wasn't a comedy, I don't know, but that lost in space, where you don't know quite where you are. And when I layer on top of that, the fact that um, there are simultaneous existent realities. So let's say you, you, you subscribe to the Christianity, heaven and hell concept or Islamic, whatever religions have these particular concepts. So if you can conceive of you could be on earth living your life at the same time there's a place called heaven within which souls are living and a place called hell within which souls are living that means that you can perceive of multidimensional reality so let's say we don't have that vertical construct of reality and we spread it out to a horizontal construct of reality And here we are living in so-called 2024 in the Christian calendar and in, in the construct of this particular civilization. So if we can conceive of there being a heaven and a hell pre-existent in the same time, can we conceive of all these other calendular systems and civilizational systems as being concurrently existent. We may not be able to touch it or um, manifest physically within it, but is there somewhere where it still exists as we understood through our historical references to be? Is there a Mesopotamia that still Mesopotamia? Is there an um, Ethiopian, Egypt, Sudanese region that still has those empires? Is there an, a Mexican so-called Mayan Aztec civilization that still exists somewhere in concurrent time space? So it, it, it can boggle the mind. But I'm thinking, well, if, if, if heaven and hell and earth can, pre, can concurrently exist, as people believe it to, then why couldn't anything concurrently exist? That there, there are some barriers to those different existences, and we haven't really learned to move through these barriers, whatever the construct is that creates the space between 
But, you know, it, it occurs to me that this may be what we're looking at when we see UFOs, for instance. When we see phenomena that's unexplainable, it's almost like there's a glitch in the barrier or a civilizational progression that allows someone from some of these constructs to pass through the barrier from one to the other. So what I've been exploring kind of spontaneously for many, many years is that we can't transcend those barriers physically necessarily at this time, but we can transcend it in a manner of speaking mentally. I would say energetically or perhaps, um, you know, based on um, other kinds of mechanisms so that we can have these experiences that people describe as out-of-body experiences. We can have this phenomena of people being, being able to read ancient times or understand through psychic phenomena. But when I look at it all, you know, it's really, you could think of it as just a hot mess, you know. <laughs> you know let me just stay grounded on the earth. And I think it's important to be grounded on the earth for sure because the earth is, as far as we know, been here the whole time. So, but it, it's interesting to realize that sometimes when we can break down the barrier of the construct of the devotion to the civilizational intelligence within which we're living, we can begin to interact with a much broader spectrum of understanding information and intelligence. And we can begin to think of ourselves in ways that broaden our concept of what it is to be a human being and to begin to access information um, technologies, wisdom that are far beyond the construct in which we live. So our little petty Gregorian construct is all about power and control. A particular civilization set out upon the existing world to conquer it to exploit it, but in order to exploit, you had to conquer those civilizations that were there. You would have to not just conquer the land, but conquer people's minds, conquer their belief systems, conquer their connection to their own histories in order to recreate this construct which we perceive around us right now. And uh, I think my manner of thinking by expanding through time and expanding through systems helps us to recognize how false this construct is within which we live, that we are of, as human beings, a much 
higher, more expansive order of reality. And it's like, I remember, I'm trying to find a metaphor. I remember back in the, back in the, you know, the 50s, 40s, 30s, 20s, back in the day, they did a lot of really nefarious experiments with children. And I remember reading about an experiment in which they took a human child, put it in a cage with gorillas. And you see this also in these stories of some child lost in the woods or lost in the forest and being raised by wolves. And So what happens, what happens is that child is going to grow up thinking like a gorilla thinks, understanding gorilla language or wolf language or living according to that structure of society and having a construct that they conform with based on what they've been exposed to. So from my vantage point, these calendula systems, and they seem to be getting more limited as we go through what we perceive as time, we can think of it as a cage. And it's not a cage of reality. It's a cage for our perceptual reality, a cage for our mind, so that we can live according to this construct like crabs in a barrel fighting each other to try to make it through, but the construct is designed such that you can't get out of it because you need to perceive it from something outside. And so to me, that's the usefulness of just looking at this whole picture and recognizing that as living beings we pre-exist and exist outside of the constructs within which our human bodies are trapped. Um, so I, I just find that interesting as a way of understanding the, the full depth of who we are and by bringing in the various calendular systems, civilization, understandings, from all the different cultures that are existent on the planet. Some no longer existent, but they left a, a record as there. So instead of fighting over who's right, who's wrong, who's up, who's down, who's divine, who's not, who's chosen, who's not, if we could take a few steps back and just look at the broad spectrum we can begin to realize that we are not that which is contained within the system. We are actually that which is beyond the system. And if we can have that kind of understanding of ourselves, then there would be no limitation to what we might create going forward. So I'm happy to invite you to share your thoughts. You're listening to Heart of Mind, Radio for the New Millennium. I'm Katherine Davis, and you can hear Heart of Mind every Friday, more or less, on Friday mornings at 11 a.m., and we also broadcast on the Progressive Radio Network, PRN.Live, on Saturdays at 6 p.m.
So I invite you to check out the archives either there, prn.live or wbai.org, and you'll find a lot of different programs that you can look at. And here on WBAI, I invite you to support the radio station in whatever way you can. You can be a WBAI buddy for a donation, monthly donation, according to your means. You can make a single one-time donation according to your means. You can go on the website, wbai.org, and look for a premium gift in exchange for your donation. You can listen to WBAI and spread the word. Let people know in your family and your friend groups that, yeah, guess what? We're still here. You can still find great stuff on the dial. So stay tuned. I'll be back in just a moment.
And we just music we're just listening to is Get Together by Liz Wright. We heard Count on Me by Jessup Jefferson Starship, Come to the River by Diane Reeves, and Brave New World by Stanley Stokely. We're going to take our first call. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Hello? Yeah, it's you. Hello. Hi, Kathy. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Okay. It's always nice to hear your perspective on uh, spiritual matters. Uh, That's why I enjoy listening to your show. Thank you. And you always bring such logic to um, spirituality, which goes hand in hand, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But in terms of uh, the the cycles that's going on in the universe, I believe, strongly believe that we're going through a period of cleansing. Would you agree? I would, yes. Totally. Because of being, okay. So say um, a little more about it. Well, we see what's happening in the world because I think we have to go through cleansing because it's a period of rebirth. And that's basically it. Because we are due for it. Oh, over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, definitely. We're at the, we're at a civilizational shift here. The old is mm-hmm. being demolished, but at the same time, the new is being birthed. It's, it doesn't come. I don't think it comes to a complete halt. I think both things are occurring at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I always believe in the. Uh, reality of we are spiritual beings having a human experience because I believe that everything happens on the spiritual level before it even comes down to the human Mm -hmm. or the uh, physical. Yeah. And so when you talk about time and space, I believe that we are beyond and above time and space because it's just an illusion. Mm -hmm. And, um, Everything happens within us happens outside of us first because we are spiritual beings having this human experience. Mm-hmm. I, I suspect the, I suspect that it unfolds back and forth. So the human experience is going to inform the spiritual facet mm-hmm. of whom we are. Exactly, exactly. Because some of us, most of us, well, some of us come into uh, spiritual awareness sooner than others. Sometimes it takes, if you believe in reincarnation, you know, different lifetimes, and there are lifetimes that happen within a lifetime. You know, we can go on and on about that. Mm-hmm. But I've heard you speak of it, and I can resonate with you 100% regarding that. Thank and, you. Um, but your show is very interesting. I love listening to you because you definitely bring you know, uh, a higher consciousness to uh, what is reality, so-called reality. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Thank you so much. I'm going to try to get a few more calls, and I appreciate you. Thank you, Kathy. You as well. Okay, thank you. Hi, you're on the air. Hi there. Thank you. I enjoy your program so much. I wish that, number one, they would repeat it. 
how can I say? Uh, it's just, it's refreshing, it's inspiring, it's encouraging, and it's challenging. Mm. Okay? I believe that as far as uh, what time, what season we're in, we're in the season that changes, which in essence is dependent upon where we are in the world, who in essence is in charge of the, that piece in which we reside. And I think that those who, the elements who are, shall, for lack, no, who are evil, challenges those who are not as evil. And as far as worlds, there are many worlds. The present world that we live in, when we leave this world, we enter a new world. To do what? To make it better? Have we learned from our past world? Some of us will remember and say, well, I, I've experienced something, uh, uh, but I, I, I know I've done it in the past. Mm -hmm. Those who are good will fight and try sickly. And when I say fight, I don't mean, you know, fist, fist. I mean try to bring truth forward, mm -hmm. which I feel that you are one of those souls who have been brought forth to us in this world to help us in the next world. Wow, thank you That's for that. The program should be every day. <laughs> thank you so very thank much you. for giving me the time. And, oh, you're just, girl, go ahead and do your thing. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye now. We have a couple more callers. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Yes. I think I'm number three. Holy yeah. Thank you so much. I have never caught your show before. I've heard you promote uh, products, um, usually health products. I've never heard your show. So grateful that I stumbled on it. And all I was thinking was how many people I know right now are so grounded in what they believe. And there's no discussion. There's no ebb. There's no flow. It's just, this is right and you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And I keep seeing a pattern of a 60, 80 year cycle historically of a thought comes around and then it goes underground and then it comes back up again. I, when I did a training in a particular energetic healing, mm -hmm. we all got the same information. And at the end of the class, nine out of the 10 of us were able to do the full thing that we had been studying and training. And one person couldn't. And I was come, became so aware. It was because she couldn't expand her mind to think that it was possible where the nine of us had our minds expanded to be able to know that it would be possible. And I've come to understand that you can only live according to as far as your imagination can go. So I just want to thank you very much. I intend every, as much as I can to be able to catch your show. Well, thank you very much. And um, thank you so much. And keep up this very good work. God bless. Okay, bye-bye now. I so appreciate that. Thank you. Hello? You're on the air. Hello? Is yes. Me? Yep, it's you. Okay, this is Matt. Hi, Matt. Yeah. So, some good reading. To get an idea 
Carlos Castaneda. Everybody was reading his books back in the 70s. He wrote about 11 books. He was an anthropologist, and he meets up with this Yaqui Indian who takes him under his wing and takes him on various journeys. And Castaneda writes about it. Uh, Tales of Power, Journey to Ixtlan, The Fire Within. These are different titles that contain various lessons that this Don Juan Yaqui Indian would teach Castaneda. And in the process, he introduces him to his friends, which have each have something to teach him. Uh, about 11 books. Very interesting reading. He's a very good writer. And he conveys his experiences very well. The other one is Bob Monroe. I believe he was someone who owned a radio station. And he wrote a book called Journeys Out of the Body. And he talks about how somehow he got initiated. And he just externalizes and he is in a completely other realm, and he meets up with people. And he meets up with sometimes bullies. There are people that do this in another realm, too, it seems. Mm-hmm. And then comes back into this, and he goes on. He wrote another book, which I haven't read yet, called The Ultimate Journey. But these are interesting readings that to get an idea of what exists. You know, you have to be at a certain high enough energy, energetic level to be able to shift into this consciousness, it seems. Uh, I, I'm, I appreciate those references. Another person is um, who's present in Mexico right now, Sergio Magana, who is a lineage holder of the Central South Mesoamerica traditions, and he teaches from the Aztec um, lineage. And um, he has four or five books that you can go in and really understand how to use these systems, you know, how to read through an obsidian mirror, how to do the meditations with certain solar systems, how to go into dream time and be able to um, teach you how to move in those alternate spaces. So like the Aboriginal tribes of Australia and really the world over, there were Aboriginal peoples who could transcend the physical and move in these transcendent spaces. So it's it's all very, very possible. I appreciate that. But I, I suspect, however, that it's not about higher vibration. I think one of the reasons that evil is able to function is because these are people who can move through these barriers in space-time and weave their web of evil. So you can't think of it as being higher or better. It's like whatever the morality or the objective you take into those realities or those realities connected to this realm, you know, spirit spaces. It can be good or evil. So I think we have to recognize it also, and, you know, just as a warning, that the way that evil exists in the world is that it has to also first exist in the spiritual realm. 
So a lot of the evil that we combat on the earth are not rooted here, but at a different um, realm of existence that one might think of as spiritual. So, um, so I'm just saying, I think that's where a lot of it needs to be defeated, not by warring and killing each other's bodies. We need to have the ability to go beyond our physical body into the fullness of our spiritual being to be able to have, you know, deal with evil on the level from which it operates. So that's a whole nother story. Anyway, I'm out of time. Thank you, Matt. All right. See you soon. Okay. Bye-bye now. We are out of time. I'm going to play a bit more music for you, though. And I always love Stevie Wonder, Another Star, because it just takes us, it's uplifting, and it takes us into a whole nother space. Those of you who would like to contact me, you can do so by email, heartofmindradio at gmail.com. I'm also... You know, a Qigong teacher, a Taoist, and you can reach me at qigongonline at gmail.com. That's Q-I-G-O-N-G-O-N-L-I-N-E at gmail.com. And you can find out more about the teaching that I do by going, well, it needs to be updated, but it's daoqigonglife.com, D-A-O-Q-I. G-O-N-G Life, L-I-F-E dot com Dao Qigong Life dot com You're listening to Heart of Mind Radio for the New Millennium and we are on WBAI Friday mornings at 11 a.m. 99.5 FM WBAI dot org and also over the Progressive Radio Network, prn.live, on Saturdays at 6 p.m. Both, you can find the archives and explore the different things that we talk about and think about here in this alternate space, Heart of Mind. Take care. <laughs>